Coming up, what you need to know if you want to buy a home in Orlando from outside the U.S. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Moving to Orlando show, coming to you from the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined in the studio this week by my good friends, realtor Sean Falk. Hi. And our producer, Mr. Craig Williams. Ahoy, ahoy. And uh, yeah, Sean, um, Sean's the the only one here in the room because he's the one that has handled all of the international purchases (laughs) that moving to Orlando has done. But before we get to that, if you are interested in buying a home in the Central Florida area, there's a number of ways you can reach out to us. First, you can reach out to Sean, S-E-A-N at movingtoorlando.com. You can go to our website, movingtoorlando.com, and fill out the contact form. Or you can give us a call toll-free in the United States, 1-855-650-MOVE. It's 855-650-6683. So, oh, and also, while you're here right now, subscribe and hit the thumbs up. Really, really helps us with YouTube. Really helps us. So I'd appreciate it. And I can wait if I need to. Okay, thank you. Now, over to Sean. We're getting ready to uh, welcome a lot of international folks back into the U.S. now Mm -hmm. that the travel mandate has been lifted starting in November. And uh, one of the things we've been hearing is that Uh, With that is going to come a lot of pent-up demand Mm -hmm. for people outside the United States that want to buy real estate here. So talk to us about that process. What do people need to know? Um, So based on my experiences, um, people have a number of reasons they want to buy. So I wanted to start by just explaining what happens when you purchase in the United States, because obviously it's different in every country. When you purchase in the United States, it does not make you a U.S. citizen and you have no citizenship rights in that. So a lot of people do ask, like, hey, if I buy, does that qualify me to get citizenship? It does not. You don't have to be a U.S. citizen to buy real estate in the United States. Anyone with money can buy whatever they want as far as real estate goes. So you're totally fine with that, but you're not a citizen if you buy it. Um, with that being said, if you're looking, if that is the direction you want to go, and I'll very briefly just say there's a couple of options. Um, you can get an L1, um, which, uh, so you'd go to the an L1 visa. Yeah. You'd get an L1 visa. Um, that's going to be more of a, um, if you're an employee of a company that has, that's a foreign company, but it has us based branches, you're going to be able to go for something like that. That can help you purchase. And then tr- if you're shooting for uh, citizenship with that, the other option, sorry, my notes are like all over the place. Um, you can do, you can look for an F one visa. That's going to be educational based. So you can make a purchase and then do things with education here. And you can do more research on that. But the main one is definitely going to be the EB five visa. Um, Right now, because of the pandemic, most EB-5 visas are not 
operating and that's essentially going to be you can open a business here and if as long as you're able to invest five hundred thousand or a million dollars worth of some form of assets it doesn't have to be cash it could be equipment it could be whatever you need that to be in that realm then that qualifies you to apply for citizenship and make your purchases but right now it's only a direct form that you can use so if you have more questions on that definitely those are the things you need to be googling to look into that if you want citizenship along with your purchase but for most Mm -hmm. most people uh you're going to be buying these uh for the purpose of basically an investment property they use it on vacation when they're here Mm -hmm. a lot of our friends in the uk do this Mm -hmm. uh they'll buy a property here um they have a property management company that handles renting it out cleaning it maintaining it and then they use it for the 19 weeks a year of vacation that they get mm-hmm. um, and rent it out the rest of the time. So yep. that's the that's the majority of folks, right? Exactly. Yep. So the majority of folks, that's their goal is that. So the biggest things to keep in mind when you purchase in the United States, number one, you are going to have something called FERPTA. Um, that is a policy through the IRS where we pay our taxes into. Um, so FERPTA is for foreign nationals. If you purchase a home here, when you go to sell the house down the road, you will be, the government will hold 15% of the sale of your house, like whatever it sells for, they will keep 15% until you file taxes the following year in the United States. So you need to file taxes because the IRS wants their money for you selling that property because they want, you know, you made profit off of it and all that stuff. They want their portion. So they are going to hold 15% until you complete your next round of that. So if you sell in June of a year, you need to file the following year and you're not getting that 15% until that point. And the only way to get around FERPTA is to purchase your home here as a company, an LLC, a corporation, however you want to do that. So if you want to, you know, form an LLC and then purchase here, you're going to get, you know, a government, you know, TIN number and EIN number, all these things. And so that will make it where you don't have to do FERPTA. But if you just buy as an individual, just keep that in mind. They're going to hold 15% at the end when you go to sell it. Okay. So, but by doing that, by, by forming an LLC, are they like, I don't know, avoiding taxes? No, 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 no. Um, so this is ju- keeping the 15% is just to make sure that the taxes are paid. If you form an LLC, you need to be registered. Like you're going to have to register with the IRS. So they're already going to have the means to come after you. <laughs> you can't really disappear as easily. If okay. That were to so happen, it's not, so. this is not a way to avoid paying the FERP to tax uh, or, or paying taxes. Um, it's, you know, right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that you're, was not, like my, you're not getting out of paying taxes. And yeah, I'm not going to pay it. Yeah. And I'm not being coy. I know nothing. I'm a realtor, right? I'm a licensed real estate agent in Florida. I know nothing about this. He's done this so many times. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's because uh, that was like when you were talking, I'm like, wait, is that a, is that a loophole? Yeah, no, it's not a um, loophole. So, you know, even if you're not a citizen of the United States, you still have to pay taxes. Mm hmm. Um, and so that is either way it works out that way. It's just more convenient to do it as an LLC. So you get all your money back immediately and then you'll file for your taxes the following year, just like you were going to. Um, and of course there's forms to, if the buyer agrees to like not do the FERPTA thing, like it can be done, but the burden goes on the buyer. So there's, there's lots of, 
little things in expect there. Expect FERPTA. Expect FERPTA, yeah. So that's the best way to go about it. So the biggest problem that my buyers have is getting um, lending, like actually getting some money from wherever to purchase in the United States. And so a lot of people are cash buyers because obviously that's the easiest route to go if you want to do this, but not everybody has the full cash to go ahead and pay. And they ask a lot, do I need to get a US based lender? Do I need to get a Canadian lender or a UK lender? Like where they are, what's the best route? And you will find that most places in the United States will not lend to people outside of the United States. Like that's just how it is. Um, each country has their own form of credit and the way they do credit checks. If you don't have credit in the United States, you're not going to get a loan. Look like a good buyer. Yeah. So, I mean, even in the United States, if you have so, credit, you might not be a good buyer. So, so, so effectively, um, if you live outside the U S and you want to apply for credit, it's basically as though you have no credit. Essentially. Yeah. So in saying that you're better off for, to a, to a degree, you're better off applying at a lender or a bank in your home country that will let you purchase something in the United States. And the easiest way to go about doing that is to use a bank that has brand that is based in your country, but has branches in the United States, because if they have branches in the United States, they already work here. So you, it kind of works a little easier. So I wrote down a couple of them and went from there. So if you're in Canada, um, BMO Harris seems to be the, uh, best route to go. Um, but I have had a lot of people use RBC, which is the Royal bank and Royal Canada. bank of Canada. Yeah. Cause they have, uh, branches here. Um, Chase bank and TD bank also will work as that kind of thing. Oh, okay, so, yeah. But as far as the regular, like we usually have local agents or you know, local lenders and stuff. We recommend none of those are, you're really looking at these huge brands uh, more so than like the smaller boutique style places. Cause they'll, they'll work a little better with you. Um, it's not a guarantee all those places do, but just from my research, that seems to have been the places that have worked best for people um, in the UK. It seems to be HSBC um, Barclays also oh, yeah. um, they're They're an option for you. So there there's several options. Of course, they're throughout the EU too. Um, and then tons and tons of banks here uh, have branches from South America and Central America. And most of them are based down in Miami, but they'll still be able to sell you real estate here in Orlando. But your other option is to get an international mortgage. So I do have an international mortgage connection. So what happens is even here, um, like we'll have a mortgage broker and that broker will essentially shop you around to multiple banks and lenders and everything to get you the best deal, the best interest rate, all these options. And so that's typically what happens here in the United States, there are international versions of these, and I do have a number and contact info for for one that's very good that's locally based here in Orlando. That's what they do is just helping people with the Orlando aspect. So feel free to reach out. Um, I'll give you their info. And um, but with that, you are looking at a seventy percent loan to vet you know loan to value here on for the house. So, so you're, you're you're not getting a hundred percent. 
of the loan. You're not. You oh know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to. You, you need thirty percent. You, 30% to you put have down. to put thirty percent down. Yeah, and honestly, the thirty percent is not ridiculous because even here for investment properties and second homes, even if you are a U.S. citizen, you're looking at twenty five percent anyway. So it's an extra five percent. And there are a couple of lenders that will do seventy five percent. You know, you putting twenty five percent down, but be prepared to do thirty percent because that's just the easier route to go here. But if because of how things are, if you have 30% to put down and you're buying an investment property, that's all you need. Like you don't have to get approved. You do not have to have other information because of the credit part of things. Okay. There's nothing for you to show, but if you can do the 30% down, they'll, they'll approve you. So you're okay. As far as that. Now the, the lending rates and this is where it gets wonky for you, um, because I guess in Europe and to some degree Canada, their interest rates are a lot lower than what we have here. So a typical interest rate on a second home or an investment property in the United States is going to be about three and a half percent, which from what I've heard in the UK, it's like one and a half percent. So like to to buy something there. So shell shock, it's not high for us, but no, it might be for you. Three and a half percent. Understand something, three and a half percent, we're dancing on clouds. Yeah. Here, oh, yeah. Okay. Because we've seen five, six, seven, ten percent mm-hmm. back in the day. But right now, yeah, yeah. we're dancing at three and a half. So here, if you can show very good credit within whatever country you're in, tax returns, those kinds of things, you can be in the low four percent. Um, and that stretches up to the low to mid five percent for your interest rate. Um, so that's definitely an option to get you started. You could always refinance later if you did, you know, emigrate here or whatever. Like there's different options that you could do, but to get your foot in the door, you can just put 30% down and you're probably going to be in that low to mid 4% range, which I know I have plenty of people that buy investment properties that are US citizens and they're in the 4% range too. And and just so, you know, put it all in perspective, we're talking about a 30% down payment. On a three hundred thousand dollar house, that's ninety thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars that you're going to have to put down. So you know you have to be thinking in those terms. Um, even you know uh, they're very hard to find right now. Homes uh, in the two hundred fifty thousand dollar range. You're still talking about a seventy five thousand dollar down payment, seventy five thousand US dollars. Um, which I think if you're in the UK, that translates to about twenty two pounds uh, with the exchange rate. I'm kidding. Um, um their pounds are stronger than yeah yeah um well we uh so if you are paying cash and you want to buy multiple properties that is an option for you as well because you can if you have a hundred percent of the loan amount you can divvy that up and just do 30 percent 30 percent and buy multiple properties that's completely fine um we can help you do that and if that's what your choice is. But as people are choosing which direction they want to go, are you buying it as a second home or are you buying, are you buying it as an investment property? So obviously with a second home, it's just for personal use investment property. You're hoping to make money off of it because you're going to short-term rent it out or even long-term rent it out while you're not here using it. So you have a choice to make in there. It is harder to do a second home than it is to do a investment property if you're buying from from afar. Um, in a second home, you have to be able to prove that you 
alone with just your income can pay for that home. But if you buy it as an investment property, then you don't have to be able to show that you could cover the house. All it has to do is show that the rental of it could potentially cover the house. So you don't have to be, you don't have to be making the income. So if you don't have as high of a paying job, you technically can buy a property here as an investment property. And as long as the lender, like this international lender and stuff can look at it and say, yep, the house will pay for itself. Even if you just broke even, even if you made a dollar, whatever, we don't care. You can still buy it. So it is a lot easier to purchase as an investment property than it is as a second home as you're choosing which direction you want to go. But it's also, I mean, that sounds easier than for Americans. It is. Trying to buy an investment property. It is. Um, Yeah, because if you're an American. And don't yell at us. We don't make the laws. Oh, yeah. Right? Yep. If you're an American buying an investment property, you need to show it, it's pretty much the same ruling as <laughs> buying a second home. You need to show that you could potentially pay for it on your own because in the United States, we have three forms of appraisal that we use. And one of those forms is um, the income method. And so that's going to show, you know, how much is the house worth by what's the income that the house can produce. And that's, that's weighted in what the appraisal of it is, but that's not going to play as big of a factor with international purchases here, because as long as they'll approve you at the 30% mark, then, then when there we go. So that's really the basics. I mean, there's so much to it. It's very nuanced, but so let me ask this. Um, you know, we kind of know what the normal closing process is, uh, you know, when people from the U.S. Mm-hmm. buy a house. Is there anything different in that process for international buyers? Does it take longer to close on the house? Is, it, is there more hoops that have to be jumped through? Yeah, it's a little longer. It is going to take about 45 days to close, yeah. whereas in the United States, it's about 30. Uh, for, or for U.S. citizens, it's about 30. Um, best things to prep is to um, either form your LLC you're going to buy with, or if you don't want to form a a business, you can just go to the IRS's website, irs.gov and apply for a, uh, ITIN number, an ITIN number. Yeah. yeah, An ITIN number. International taxpayer. Yeah. So you can, yeah. So you can get an ITIN and that will allow you to just get the process going quicker. Like once you find, Hey, this is what I want to do. You'll already be set up on that end. So you're better there. And, and then with FERP, that'll help you with the FERP part too. Cause then you'll have a number. Cause they'll say, what's your social security number? You don't have one cause you're not a U.S. citizen. So they'll say, what's your other, what's your, your I-10, I-10 number. number. So and I, here's where the, um, the disclaimer needs to come in. Uh, Sean has had a lot of experience doing this, but we are not financial advisors. Um, that, you know, this is based on, on his experience and what he's seen, but we're not financial experts. So you really do need to do your research. You really do need to, uh, talk to your own, uh, financial, uh, advisor about all of this stuff. This is what, like I said, from our perspective, what mm-hmm. we see, but I just want to make sure we, yeah, that little part out there because sometimes people like, yeah. And definitely if you're outside of Canada and Mexico, um, you, I mean, I have WhatsApp. That's typically how I, you know, speak with my international buyers. So, um, typically what we do, cause obviously it's 
too difficult to fly over here to see stuff. Um, I will usually call people and do a home, a, a walk through of the house, a virtual for you tour, and do a virtual tour. Um, and we'll close virtually. It'll be a mail away. So it'll either literally be sent over to your home country and you'll sign with a notary or something along those lines. But most people do close from a distance. So you don't have to be here. You don't ever, I have plenty of people who have never seen their property that they bought it and we got them set up with a property management company and they have never stepped foot in their property. They have no idea what it looks like. We had that one client from Jamaica Mm -hmm. um, who the first time, she saw the property was the day after it closed. I know. And um, I'm always so nervous. Like, I'm like, what if they hate it? Like, yeah. what if they hate the house? Like, cause I, I mean, I saw it, I videoed, it looks like what it is, yeah, but, but I'm like, God, I hope they like it. But <laughs> so. what's, what's good about, honestly, I'm not just saying this. What's good about having Sean, um, do this is that, um, he's got a, he's got a great sense for these houses and for like, Hey, this thing that you may, see and not think anything of he will spot it and be like okay that could become a problem Mm -hmm. and he does that during the during the the, you know the walkthrough portion before before things are signed yeah um and it's happened a number of times where he's caught things long before uh anybody else Uh, he's even corrected a few inspectors um uh so he's a good guy to have do that when you can't be here to be part of that process because you mm-hmm. really, in a case where you can't come over and you have to do this stuff virtually, you really need to trust your your realtor. Oh, yeah, yeah. For you sure. really have to trust your realtor. And I guess one of the good things about us is we're pretty accountable because we're out and about. We're out, yeah. we're out here, right? We're <laughs> yeah. out here on this, on the Diz. Um, so we're pretty accountable. Um, but it's uh, – you know, it, it, I, I get asked the question all the time, you know, what do I need to do to buy a home, you know, if I can't get over there? Mm-hmm. And I tell him all the time, well, talk to him. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, also, you do have full rights to an inspection and everything like that. So, a, a licensed inspector will come in and look at the house. If you're getting a loan, there'll be an appraisal and all these things. So, I mean, there definitely are things and you can back out during the inspection period and stuff if if it comes up and you know buyers aren't willing to or sellers aren't willing to fix stuff and everything so um you're all good as far as that goes but it's it's not as daunting as it seems but it definitely is complicated unless you know what you're doing well, so. and it's you know it, it's not you know for for our folks it's not just a dream for americans to want to move to orlando mm-hmm. and be closer to the parks i think it's even bigger Mm-hmm. For folks outside the U.S., oh yeah, um, it's even a, 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 a an even bigger dream. You do you get a lot more for your money here. I will say that because I've looked into prices and a lot of places in the U.K., the EU, and it can't even in Canada. I mean, just based on where the majority of the population lives, like you know right there in the east so um and prices are pretty high for smut much smaller homes much you get a lot less for your money now if you're and even even <coughs> to a degree in brazil too but other areas you get less in the united states for your money but those are kind of the main viewership areas we get so usually this ends up being a good a good route yeah, but it tends to be a good investment opportunity for folks in latin america mm-hmm. um, yeah you have a lot of folks in latin america that Buy it for that purpose. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, it's not even about using it as a vacation property. It's mm-hmm. just it's a good it's a good investment. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that's great. Great information. I learned some things. I hope you learned some things too. 
As I said, if you're interested in uh, moving to the Central Florida area, please reach out to Sean, S-E-A-N, at movingtoorlando.com, or head over to our website, movingtoorlando.com, fill out a contact form. <clears throat> and I guess, you know, the worst time to, uh, you know, roll out our toll-free numbers on a show, on an international show where they can't call us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you are in the U.S., uh, toll-free, 855 650 6683. Uh, that's 855-650-MOVE, M-O-V-E. And that, folks, will do it for this episode of the Moving to Orlando show. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you again next week.